The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In order to thrive in today's competitive business market, you need to constantly adapt to change and shift your business paradigm. Welcome to Business Reinvention with host Nancy Lynn for insights on emerging trends that could impact the future of your business. This hour will have you listening to and thinking like the innovative business leaders of today. Now, here's your host, Nancy Lynn. Hi, I'm Nancy Lynn. Really excited to be back on the show. It's been more than a year since our last program, so we got lots to catch up on in terms of uh, business innovation trends. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Every week, we're going to share with you thought-provoking ideas from different industries so that you can connect the dots and stay innovative and competitive. Today, we'll take a look at the fast-growing on-demand services in the food category. You might have already noticed this. um, More and more aging baby boomers and millennials are moving into metropolitan areas for convenience, and this has helped spurred the growth of on-demand services such as food and grocery deliveries. Experts expect the food purchased online for delivery and pickup to grow about 26% in the U.S. this year. And that's a really good number. Um, So we're seeing many startups racing to find uh, most compelling and the most cost-effective business models to meet the, excuse me, to fill the need and compete with giants such as Amazon, Google, Uber, as well as Yelp, which all have gotten into this segment, making it very, very competitive. And we're now seeing new hybrid business models built on innovative ideas that were developed in the last decade. They often leverage crowdsourcing platforms, the sharing economy concept, big data, and most often, better mobile technology. Um, Instacart and uh, Spoon Rocket are two very good examples of the new hybrid models. But how are they different from their competitors and what's going to determine the winning model? Well, let's get a perspective on our guest today and join us on the show. I'm Neelam Ginasiram, Head of Business Development and Strategy at Instacart, and Ensign Sui, CTO and co-founder of Spoon Rocket. Neelam and Ensign, welcome to the show. Thank you, Nancy. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, Nancy. Yeah, welcome. Um, Well, I got lots of questions for both of you, um, and hopefully we can cover everything. Um, But for the benefit of our audience who might not be very familiar with your service, can you tell us a little bit about your company? What does your company do, and what are you reinventing? Uh, Ensign, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll begin. For those of us who aren't familiar with what Spoon Rocket does, Spoon Rocket is a next generation food delivery network that delivers meals in 10 minutes or less. Uh, that's really our core differentiator from all the different food. You know, there's a ton of food delivery services out there. And we, we utilize mobile internet and mobile phones in order to build our logistics platform on which en- enables us to deliver and you know at the click of a button you'll get your food in seconds uh and 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 that's what makes us special Nilan, great thank you again for having me nancy instacart is a same day grocery delivery service we call ourselves a retailer marketplace we uh, allow retailers to cost efficiently and effectively reach their consumers with same day grocery delivery Today, we operate in 15 U.S. markets with plans for significant expansion over this year and next. And we partner with great retailers, large and small, like Costco, Whole Foods Market, Fairway Market, all the way down to your local independents. Very interesting uh, positioning there, um, retailer marketplace. Um, well, let's first spend a few minutes um, 
getting to understand Instacart a little bit better, um, the company is often compared to Webvan, which went bankrupt five years after it was started. And obviously, you have a much better business model that dramatically reduced the cost of operations. But has the market demand also changed since early 2000s? I mean, what gives venture capital companies such as Sequoia, which also funded Webvan back then, the confidence to invest in this category again? Yeah, great question, Nancy. I think there's three primary differences between Webvan and Instacart that that bear examination today. I think, first of all, as with everything else, it starts with the consumer. There is a higher degree of consumer readiness today towards buying groceries online than ever before. And the factors that are driving that consumer readiness are things like mobile adoption, the availability of broadband internet and broadband penetration, which means consumers aren't waiting around for images of their produce to load before they can make a selection. Consumer comfort with uh, having card on file. So if you think of something as simple as just consumer comfort with transacting online, if you flash back 10, 15 years ago, many consumers were just uncomfortable keeping a credit card number on file and hence the friction on the payment process was great. All of those from a consumer perspective make the market really ready for Instacart as opposed to Webvan 10, 15 years ago. The next element I would I would look at is kind of, and you mentioned this, is our business model. Unlike Webvan, as has been you know kind of well documented about Instacart, we do not have and are not burdened by the capital intensity, uh, the need to have a cold chain fleet of trucks, the need to build expensive warehouses. Instead, our model is to focus on what we at Instacart know best, which is software and logistics, and partner with retailers like Whole Foods, Fairway, Costco, etc., and leverage their existing capital structure, being their, their retail locations, to facilitate the deliveries, hence no need for for uh, warehouses or cold chain trucks. And then finally, the third element, which I think really differentiates us from Webvan, is that, again, going back to the retailers, it's not just about using their, the capital that they've put in the ground, but also partnering with them to gain consumer trust. Because if you think about it, the last thing a consumer wants when they're buying their groceries is for it to come from a cold sterile warehouse, Right, the the impression of getting your avocados from a warehouse is very unappetizing. It's not something people want to do when they're thinking about making a home cooked meal for their family. What people want is they want the great groceries from Whole Foods Market. So that direct brand connection between Instacart and the grocer, and hence the consumer and the grocer, is something that Webvan never had the opportunity to replicate. Mm-hmm. Very very well said and. Um, well, thanks, Neelam. That that really, really helpful, um, and to get a good insight as to how your business model has been, you know, reinventing the industry. Um, and I, I also noticed um, in one of the, um, I guess, uh, internet posts that your revenue grew by more than ten times last year, which is really amazing. Um, what are you doing right? Well, th- thanks for asking, Nancy. And unfortunately, I can't comment or validate uh, some of the rumors regarding our revenue growth that are out there. What I can say is that we're growing dramatically, and I wouldn't be surprised if that, that 10x number was actually understated. What what I can tell you we are doing right uh, really boils down to two things. First of all, organizationally, we are maniacally focused on customer service. And everyone can say customer service is important. But we actually define customer service around two dimensions because we've got two unique customers being a dual-sided platform. We view customer service as being the end consumer who is buying the fruits and vegetables from Instacart. But we also view equivalently important is service of our retailer customers who are trusting us to be able to service their consumers. So element one is just that focus on customer and consumer service. And that boils true into everything we do. We overinvest in uh, a function that we call customer happiness that keeps our, our consumers and our customers happy. We overinvest in tools and technologies that um, make sure that consumers are, are happy and our retailers are happy. It really is a heavy focus on, on service. The second element of what we think is, is driving our success 
is really the the just the timing aspect. We think we you know have been very fortunate in approaching this market, a market that many before us have tried to tackle, but for one reason or another have not been able to tackle successfully. We feel we're tackling it at exactly the right time. And let me let me expound on that a little bit. If you take it from the consumer's perspective, for the first time, the consumer has the technology to be able to access their their groceries in a time efficient manner, being be it mobile or broadband. If you take it from a retailer's perspective, retailers are finding that Amazon is is quickly breathing down their neck, and they need to find a cost efficient and quick way to be able to effectively compete with Amazon. So the the combination of of just timing com- combined with our focus on service has been able to help drive our growth. Yeah, I can see that this is kind of win-win um, partnership for you and the retailers. Um, but who are your customers? Um, I see that you're more expensive than Amazon Fresh. Are you going after the same customers? Yeah, I, I actually, I wouldn't, you know, there are stores on Instacart that are definitely more expensive than Amazon Fresh, and there are many stores that are at the same price or cheaper. So pricing on Instacart is actually determined by the retailer partner. That's a little known fact uh, that we're increasing visibility on. And because pricing is determined by the retailer partner, each retailer will, will apply a different set of pricing strategies on, Inst- on the Instacart marketplace. We're not seeking to be experts on pricing. But going back to who our consumer is, it actually is a lot broader than you'd envision. It's not just the early adopter or premium consumer. That was our who or who our consumer was maybe two years ago or a year and a half ago. Today, what we're finding is we attract consumers from all demographic groups, really the young urban professional, the young parent, the busy mom who doesn't have time to you know, take the kids to the grocery store. The elderly community is a great community for us. They, they've got a lot of better things to do than, than um, spending four hours a week grocery shopping. And often the homebound community is as part of that elderly group. And finally, corporate offices. All four make our, our large uh, consumer groups for Instacart. Mm, very interesting. But are these the same customers or consumers that Amazon Fresh is also going after? I, I can't comment specifically around their consumer group, obviously, without knowing their, their data. But what, what, I, what I can tell is that you know Fresh has been in pilot mode for a long time. They're, they're definitely seeking to expand it now. They moved from their Seattle pilot now to, you know, Southern California um, and into New York as well. Um, I, I, I think it's interesting to see how much overlap there is between the Amazon fresh consumer and our, our, what we're seeing. What I can tell you is because we have such a wide group of retailer partners, basically we've got an equivalently wide group of consumers. If you think about it, we've got the consumer that, you know, values Costco, the consumer that values Whole Foods, the, co- the value consumer that values the local independent, the consumer that values HEB, you know, that, that entire spectrum. So, Well, in addition to Amazon, Google is also gaining into the act. Um, why are so many companies interested in this category? And are they in it for the same reason you are? I actually, you know, I mentioned up front when the introduction that Instacart is a retailer marketplace. It's a subtle difference, but it's actually a key point of difference between us and our competitive set. Um, I I think most of our competitors have positioned themselves around being a product marketplace where uh, they're training the consumer to be indifferent where they buy their Diet Coke or Bounty paper towels from. In Instacart, um, we are actually training the consumer to continue to be loyal to the retailer's brands. And it's a subtle difference, but an important one, both to us as well as our consumers and to our retailers. Mm, very helpful clarification. Well, let's take some more after a quick break. For more information about business innovation, follow me on Twitter at BizReInvention or go to BizReInvention.com. We'll be back in two minutes. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. 
In today's marketplace, your ability to open up the way you think and adapt to change allows your business to stay ahead of curve and perform at a higher level. At Change Agent SF, we can provide you with the tools and coaching to become an effective leader to grow your business. Contact us today at 415-322-9073 or email Nancy Lynn at info at changeagentsf.com for more information. Transform your leadership and business with Change Agent SF. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in government, the legal arena, and the business world impacts your business every day. And we're going to take you on a behind-the-scenes tour of it all. Each week, we'll bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers and leaders. Squire Patton Boggs will be your guide as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join us for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Channel each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Business Reinvention with Nancy Lynn. Now, back to Business Reinvention. Well, now, let's uh, spend a few minutes um, talking with Anson and understand um, Spoon Rocket's business a little bit better. Um, Anson, I also have similar questions for you regarding your customer profile. Um, I know there are several other players in the category with similar business model um, Sprig is a good example. Um, even Uber is testing food delivery service. How do customers choose between these companies? I mean, do they choose based on price, speed, taste, personalized services, or, or something else? Well, so what we've learned so far is that, you know, at the very end of the day, we are still a food company. So we have to stand by a very high level of excellence in terms of the food quality and the taste. Uh, because, you know, there's so many, there's so much selection out there that, it just does not cut it that, you know, we're serving mediocre food anymore. People have, you know, especially in the food space, it's so saturated that, uh, you know, there's a million different options for them to choose from. And then we really have to go above and beyond to stand out for the customers. And, you know, food, food-wise, we have to be there. And then, and then what makes us different is the speed and the convenience. And, you know, we survey our customers uh, daily and then, Almost 90% of them tell us that they use us because the food tastes great, but also because, you know, we provide them with a service that allows them to effectively feed themselves, uh, you know, a very intrinsic need of, you know, the human species that, and faster than, more convenient than anything else that has ever existed before. So that's, Mm. that's Spoon Rocket's value proposition. Awesome. Um, so, of course, there are also restaurants that have long been doing food delivery. Um, in fact, large pizza chains make up 45% delivery and pickup market. And sounds like you're going after maybe um, more health-conscious consumers based on the menus I saw on your website. Um, do you know if you are making the overall pie bigger or is it just about changing existing consumers' eating habits? Well, that's that's a very good question because, I mean, if if the pie is getting bigger, that probably only happen if people are getting bigger themselves. Uh, so, I mean, overall, it's like over a trillion dollar market, and I wouldn't necessarily say that the pie is getting bigger, but that we're capturing more value because, and 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 providing more value to customers because you know. Some of these businesses, KFC, McDonald's, they've been around for decades, and and we've come to a point where 
people have choice now and, and people want better and healthier and fresher and faster food than what you know, the, the, our, our parents have been offered. Mm, so, well, going back to your menu and choices, like you said, um, so do we know how loyal the customers are? Because there's so much competition. And like you said, people always want to try something new. Um, what do we know about that? Well, so, yes, there, you know, so, so the holy grail, you know, I, I've spoken with um, an investor before and he basically says, yeah, in the food space, the holy grail is once a week. If you can get a user to use your service once a week, then you've made it. And then from looking at our customers, every new customer that uses us has a 50% chance of using us again. Uh, so retention overall is pretty high just because, you know, you can get food, good food, you know, pretty much as long as you're living in the metropolitan area, you can get really good food anywhere. But again, you can't really get it, you know, especially for the really work, hard working, busy professionals. Uh, they don't have time to be going out. And that's what Spoon Rocket provides is that we allow them to get high quality meals in a matter of minutes. Uh, and, and, and so, so the goal is to be, to be the de facto go-to food option where, you know, if you go out and eat, it's, it's only because, it's only because, you know, you want to experience the festiveness, you want to be with friends, it's like in the social setting, or you, you, you'd only cook because, you know, it's, it's, it's for pleasure, but then all the other times you would click your, this food button on your phone, similar to how Uber is that taxi button on your phone, that, you know, you click and then you would get your food uh, almost so, instantly. So um, uh, do people use, I guess, order food from you mostly for lunch or dinner? I'm just kind of curious why people order from you besides the food is really good. Um, you know, is it mostly for convenience when they're working or at night when they're really tired? Do we know anything about that? Yeah, we do. Uh, so our, our business is not surprisingly split 50-50 and 50% of it comes from lunch and 50% of it comes from dinner. And, and for the most part, you know, people do order for lunch, especially the office buildings that are a little further away from, you know, because right now I'm in Seattle and I'm right working right next to the Amazon headquarters and literally people are standing in line 30, 40 minutes just to buy lunch. Whereas, you know, Spoon Rocket solves that problem for them. And then there's dinner where you come home and you're, you're tired. You know, you don't want to cook. You don't want to go out. We also provide a solution for that. So, so we have several different market uh, customer segments. It really depends on, you know, the time of day. Very interesting. And it sounds like, um, as you mentioned earlier, you also have very good um, customer loyalty. Um, how are you using big data for customer retention or, or even acquisition? Has it played a big role at all? It, it's played, uh, I mean, it's, it's monumental to how much uh, it's impacted our business. We have a very good data team. Uh, we are extremely data-driven, and we found out that uh, we have a magic number within the, within the company and that if we get users to use us five times, then they have 90% chance of using us again. And, 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 and I mean, amongst other things, it, it helps us a lot with driver efficiency. We, have, we are the most efficient food delivery service out there. Uh, you know, again, we deliver in 10 minutes and we have the lowest driver costs. And, and for that reason, that's where we can squeeze a lot of our value because, you know, our, our, our technology and our platform is just so much more efficient than anyone else's. The, 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 next best, the next best food delivery service delivers in, like, at best 30 minutes. And we're, we're, we're at Spoon Rocket. We're talking about 10-minute delivery times. So how do you make that happen? Uh, I mean, do you get a different drivers or how is your software system that's, better in terms of monitoring? Yeah, I mean, it, it really just boils, boils down to the magic. Uh, I mean, I can't really go too in-depth in this, but it, it, before mobile phones and smartphones, what we do at Spoon Rocket would be a logistics nightmare. So th there's a lot of tech behind it that, you know, people on the front end just think, oh, I click a button and I get food. It's amazing. But then on the back end, it's so complex that, uh, especially because it's, you know, we're, we're delivering food we have a teammate in here that, you know, we talk about our logistics and we're like, 
our logistics problem is even harder than Uber's problem. It's our our problem is li- literally like having Uber except your passengers die and you have to drop them off before they die because food has an expiration. Um, so yeah, it all comes down to the technology and the magic. Yeah, you definitely have a challenge, and I, I would love to hear more about how you actually manage all these fluctuations, which I'll come back a little later. But I wanted to bring in uh, Neelam as well. Um, how, how has big data um, helped you in terms of customer retention and acquisition? Yeah, great question, Nancy. I think big data for us is central to everything we do. Um, so I'll start from the consumer aspect and then go backwards in the chain. From the consumer aspect, we analyze and closely monitor users' uh, behavior on the platform, as you can imagine, to do everything like properly merchandise the site, customize what products you're seeing when you go on the Instacart platform, and differentiate that from what Anson's seeing, for example, so that you, you know, you're able to see from a select and curated set of 600,000 SKUs, we're trying to make your browse uh, decisions as easy as possible so that the entire grocery shopping process is as frictionless as possible. If you think about what the biggest, one of the biggest pain points of going to the gro- traditional grocery store is, it's the vast selection and still not being able to find what you're looking for. Think about the last time you were in your grocery store and looking for a can of soup in the hundreds and hundreds of different variants of soups that are there. We make that very simple and use data to do that. From an engagement and retention standpoint, we have not spent a dime on external marketing to date. All of our all of our growth has come from word of mouth and PR, and that word of mouth has some most of it has been driven organically, but a portion of which has been driven by referrals. So we use our data to offer referral credits to consumers who we know are, um, you know, uh, highly highly influential amongst their peer groups, um, and that that's a great way that we have driven both retention but also new users to the Instacart platform without having to spend on, on external marketing. Going up the chain, we use big data for things like the logistics problem, similar to what Anson's talking about. If you think about it, not only do we have to make sure groceries get from the grocery store and hundreds and uh, hundreds of grocery stores across the country to thousands and thousands of consumers' homes, but we also need to make sure it gets there uh, within a one-hour window. A one-hour window when you're carrying anywhere from five to 55 items for a consumer to in, in, in your car. And we need to make sure the products get there before the ice cream in the car melts. Um, so it's a hugely complex uh, logistics and, and fulfillment problem that we use data to solve. That is probably one of the biggest challenges um, that if you solve... Um, you know, soft uh, with a, a um, unique approaches, which sound like you're um, onto that right now. Um, and that's where I wanted to explore a little bit more. And it sounds like that it's probably going to take a little more time. Um, so let's take another quick break. You are listening to Business We Mentioned with Nancy Lin. For up-to-date business and innovation trends, go to businesswemention.com and we'll be back after these messages. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. In today's marketplace, your ability to open up the way you think and adapt to change allows your business to stay ahead of curve and perform at a higher level. At Change Agent SF, we can provide you with the tools and coaching to become an effective leader to grow your business. Contact us today at 415-322-9073 or email nancylin at info at changeagentsf.com for more information. Transform your leadership and business with Change Agent SF. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. 
What happens in government, the legal arena, and the business world impacts your business every day. And we're going to take you on a behind-the-scenes tour of it all. Each week, we'll bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers and leaders. Squire Patton Boggs will be your guide as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join us for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Channel each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Business Reinvention with Nancy Lynn. Now, back to Business Reinvention. So, Anson, uh, let me come back to you. Um, earlier, you mentioned that you are able to actually deliver food faster and uh, more cost-efficiently. That's a huge accomplishment right there because it's one thing to wait for a taxi, like you said, and then the other thing to wait for your food while you're hungry, right? So I would imagine that the tolerance for delay is much, much lower in your business. Um, and yet you have a menu that changes every day. Um, and the demand could fluctuate greatly depending on what's on your menu or even the weather. And there are so many other factors. And so you need to make sure there's enough food, which is perishable, as you pointed out, as well as enough cars on the road. So that's quite a bit to juggle. So how do you manage the fluctuations? And what was the question you asked yourself that helped you um, find the innovative approach to address that? Well, as I was saying, how you know we have a really great data team, and we look at uh, every single item that's being sold, and the day of the week, and also the traffic patterns, and also the weather, um, and and then and if there's any event or whatever marketing calendar uh, that you know we have to work with, and and what we've noticed is that even though every single day we sell a different item, uh, and and perhaps our customers are different, what we've noticed that from day to day. Uh, Monday through Friday is that the overall curve looks actually very comparable to each other. They the, the curve ex- looks ex- almost exactly the same. It's just the amplitudes of each half hour, each fifteen minutes, uh, might be a little different. So, so by the time it gets to maybe around you know we're an hour or two into service hours, uh, we're able to predict how much food we need for the rest of the day. Uh, just based off of that curve that we have and, and you know, the velocity of the orders coming in. Um, so, I mean, it, it's not really rocket science because once the market is saturated, you'll, you'll start to see recognized patterns of, um, you know, at what hours and in which, what areas that you would get most of your orders. Um, so you mentioned your drivers um, earlier. Um, uh, do you get your drivers on demand or um, do you get a fixed schedule from them so you know how many drivers you have available at any given time? And you also mentioned that the retention is quite high. Um, I'm curious why that is. Uh, well, one, we are working with uh, contract drivers and we do have a feedback system to ensure that customers get the best experience possible and you know the drivers are graded on that. Um, and in terms of retention, it, it really all boils down to, you know, as Neom was saying, is that it really does come down to customer experience because, you know, in our world where there's just noise everywhere, we have to be able to make the customers feel re- really special for them to remember who we are and want to use us again. Um, and, 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 and that's something that we, we focus on every single day. We, we read every single email that comes in, every customer service call. We review everything just to make sure that all our customers are 110% happy. What about the retention of your drivers? I mean, there are a lot of companies out there using you know, on-demand drivers, right? So, and you mentioned the retention right. of your so, drivers. Yeah. yeah, so in terms of our drivers... Uh, we're a little bit different from you know all the other on-demand driver services such as Uber and Lyft. And what we've realized is that so it, you know it works out perfectly because Uber and Lyft their busy hours are actually you know around right before lunch, like before lunch when people are going to work, and then also the times when uh, when they're getting off work. And and our busy hours happen to be exactly 
opposite of that. So during lunchtime, there, you know, all the Uber drivers are extremely dead. There's nothing to do. Whereas that's when we're the busiest, and and a lot of our drivers work at Uber and Sidecar and Lyft, and then and then in the morning, and then they come to us in uh, in the afternoon. So it works out actually perfectly. Very interesting. Well, Neil, I have same question for you. Um, do you use um, sh- contract shoppers, right? So, who are these shoppers, and, and what got them interested in, in doing on-demand um, shopping for other people? Yeah, we we also use a team of uh, contractors that, that uh, execute the pick, pack, checkout, and delivery for us. They're called our concierge personal shoppers, or or shoppers uh, for short. And our personal shoppers uh, come from a variety of different pools depending on the type of work they're doing. So there's a group of personal shoppers whose focus is uh, is dedicated towards just picking and packing groceries in the grocery stores. So you'll see them stationed in grocery stores across across whatever city you're in that we operate in. They'll actually be stationed there and all they do is take orders from consumers um, via their smartphone devices, pick and pack those groceries communicate with those consumers uh, as part of a feedback loop to make sure they're getting the groceries right. There you see uh, a lot of stay-at-home moms, uh, a lot of graduate students, uh, people that like the flexibility of being able to work and uh, and earn an above-market wage while uh, being able to do something and set their own hours and set their own schedule. Uh, Contrast that with our drivers that also come from a wide variety of backgrounds and experiences. These are uh, background check, DMV checked individuals who are focused on being able to get groceries from the grocery store to a consumer's home as quickly and as accurately as possible. They also come from a wide variety of backgrounds, um, depending on on the city that you're in. So a lot of graduate students, a lot of uh, people who otherwise may be working for some of the the car sharing uh, companies. But generally, what we find and if you look on aggregate, is that we don't overlap too much with the the ride sharing uh, businesses out there, because um, you know the nature of our work slightly different. There is a heavy um, customer service and customer um, communication element in what we do, especially for our personal shoppers who are picking the avocados and making sure bread isn't packed at the bottom of the bag and understanding the different cuts of meat. Um, you know that's a very unique skill set versus. Uh, uh, versus a very different skill set from transporting consumers from point A to point B. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, do you do you pretty much have a stable um, kind of space of shoppers, or is is retention a challenge for you? Yeah, retention is. I don't want to say it's not a challenge because I don't think the job is ever won on the on the topic of retention. But our retention, I I can't give away the precise statistic for confidentiality reasons, but our retention is actually very high and very high uh, as we look across the kind of sharing economy and our peers. And we focus a lot on retention because we know how hard it is to train these personal shoppers on the things that make them expert at, at getting people their groceries, right? So once we invest in training them on the different types of kale and the different uh, you know, organic versus regular salmon, all of these nuances that you will only know if you're an Instacart personal shopper or you just love grocery shopping, we don't want to have to keep reinvesting in that training. So we focus a lot on retention. We've got a shopper happiness team that's focused on keeping this this group happy. We do quarterly meetups where they come into our offices and get to commiserate with their peers. We've got all kinds of uh, both financial as well as soft benefits that we give them um, to be able to make sure that they are uh, staying happy and staying part of the pool. Um, on top of all of that, we also have a self-managed marketplace where the consumer, just like many other sharing economy uh, players, where the consumer is actually rating their Instacart experience on a five-star scale after every Instacart delivery. And we use those ratings to actively manage the, the platform. Yeah, Leeboard um, sometimes can be a very good uh, motivation um, approach uh, for, uh, you know, shoppers and drivers. Um, I could totally see that as, as well for consumers. Um, so going back to you, Ansem, uh, with more and more companies such as Uber and other players in the categories using crowdsourcing approach, and I know you mentioned that your drivers are actually leveraging the off-peak time, and so sometimes they could actually be both Uber as well as uh, food delivery um, services, um, but are we 
ever going to get to the point where we will run out of drivers or shoppers eventually? Is crowdsourcing model sustainable? Um, I think, I mean, I think that's interesting because of, of any workforce out there, I think the driver workforces might possibly be the largest just because, you know, almost everyone is qualified and has a driver's license. And I, I can't say for the other you know, companies that use contract drivers, for us in particular, uh, you know, Uber and them, they might need a lot of drivers, but for Spoon Rocket, we're, you know, again, going back to how lean we are, uh, you know, instead of where, you know, potentially an Uber driver that takes, could take up to an hour to, you know, take one order, effectively, one uh, passenger, we, our our drivers can easily take 10, 10 deliveries per hour. So because of that, we need a lot. We we utilize a lot lot less drivers. For, so for Spoon Rocket, you know, this the contract driver model is a scalable solution. So actually, I think you just touched on something that's really I think important to your business model: the fact that your drivers actually don't have to go back and forth between destination um, or different destination or, or between the company and the destination. It's a very interesting business model and very cost efficient. Is that one of the main reasons um, for the cost efficiencies that you have? I think, yeah, absolutely. There's, you know, there's the cost efficiencies. We are, our drivers on average drive a lot less in terms of distance uh, compared to all the other ride sharing services. And also, you know, uh, time is money, so our, our our model saves time and money for the users and the drivers. Right, and just to clarify for those in the audience who are not familiar with your um, um, business model, the drivers actually pick up, um, like you said, maybe 10 meals at a time, right? And that's why they can go on and deliver many of them at the same time instead of going back to your company and then deliver the next to the next customer and then come back to your company and pick up, which is kind of what the uh, some of the pizza stores would do. And so I uh, just want to kind of clarify exactly. that. Yeah. Okay, so it looks like it's time for another break. You're listening to Business Reinvention. Follow me on Twitter at BizReinvention or go to BizReinvention.com. We'll be back in two minutes. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. In today's marketplace, your ability to open up the way you think and adapt to change allows your business to stay ahead of curve and perform at a higher level. At Change Agent SF, we can provide you with the tools and coaching to become an effective leader to grow your business. Contact us today at 415-322-9073 or email Nancy Lynn at info at changeagentsf.com for more information. Transform your leadership and business with Change Agent SF. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in government, the legal arena, and the business world impacts your business every day. And we're going to take you on a behind-the-scenes tour of it all. Each week, we'll bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers and leaders. Squire Patton Boggs will be your guide as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join us for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Channel each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. listening to Business Reinvention with Nancy Lynn. Now, back to Business Reinvention. Well, 
So, Anson and Yulam, and um, let's start with Anson first. Um, you know, I, I think for both of you, I could see so many different ways of pivoting your business models. Um, in the case of Spoon Rocket, for example, you could potentially compete with weight management companies such as Nutrisystem because what you do is delivering healthy meals, um, you know, in a, a very controlled portion every day. And you could also compete with Uber, which is becoming a logistic company that wants to deliver more than just people. And of course, you're also competing with restaurants. Um, and I know at the beginning of the um, uh, interview, you mentioned that, um, you know, you're, you're a food company. Um, at the moment, but I'm curious, do you think that uh, going forward, that would be kind of your core competency or do you see yourself evolving into um, other areas as well? Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's a very great question. And, you know, I can say this, that right now we are a food company and, and we're probably the best at delivering it. And, but what really makes us special is that technology again. And, before, you know, I'd like to say that Spoon Rocket invented this new delivery paradigm where, you know, before Spoon Rocket, you have never been able to click a button and receive and then be delivered a physical product within minutes. Um, and, and given that we have the capability to do such thing, uh, yeah, in, in the future, we do see ourselves expanding into other verticals that, you know, in, in, instead of just food, it could be, you know, anywhere from toothpaste or, you know, daily hygiene products or whatever. Uh, and, and, and the reason why we're in food is because, you know, a lot of changes that happen in the world is, is very incremental. And, uh, you know, I can't just invent this new gadget that, wouldn't, that would work 100 years from now, but it won't work now. We have to kind of focus on what it is that people really need today. And, and it, is, it is food. People are eating food. And uh, we feel that by starting off with food first, we'll be able to pick up the traction that will enable us to deliver other products uh, down the line. Neelam, what business are you in for the long term? Are you in the food business, logistics business, or concierge business? Yeah, no, great question. We are at our core a software and logistics company that enables retailers to offer same-day delivery to their consumers. In that definition is a little bit of, you know, our vision for this company. Nancy, um, our vision is to, to be able to partner with retailers to uh, facilitate same-day delivery. Um, Apurva, our CEO and founder, has been, has been uh, in the press discussing, you know, our aspirations definitely to branch outside of groceries. We recently partnered with uh, one of the largest pet supply stores in all of the country, Petco, to offer uh, delivery for them. Um, and you'll see us expand slowly and gradually and methodically all within the space of everyday needs or everyday essentials. So groceries are the core everyday essential, but we think there's other areas where people need same-day delivery uh, and, and other everyday essential type categories that make sense for Instacart to play in and make sense for our retailers to partner with us to play in. Sounds like for both of you, logistic is really the key. But within that area, what is one thing looking into the future? If executed well, will separate you or the winner from the competitors in the category? Neilam, I'll let you go first. Yeah, I think, uh, I think just to go full circle here, I think it goes back to uh, that client service aspect, not just the consumer client, but also the retailer client. We will continue to win with the consumer if our retailers win and are driving incremental business. So, Nancy, we will continue to win for our retailers as long as, the as we're winning for the consumers and that consumers are choosing to shop on Instacart.com more often than they're looking to shop on a competitor like Amazon.com. What about you, Anson? What would be one thing that you will uh, wanted to focus on uh, a continuous improvement to really help you separate um, yourself from other competitors? So, you know, it, Neelam, you know, brought up a good point about the customer experience, but I think for Spoon Rocket especially, uh, digging even deeper is, you know, it, it's even in our name that uh, I think we have to be maniacally focused on the speed of delivery because that's our secret sauce. And if we can stay the fastest delivery ever, e easily by like one or two, two, two X, two or three X, then, you know, nobody... 
this this type of technology is going to take other competitors years in able to ca- uh, in order to catch up. So for us, it would be the speed. Definitely. Um, so Neilam, you know, e-commerce has been around for a long time now, but it still only accounts for about six percent of overall retail sales. Do you think it would be different for on-demand grocery purchase? Yeah, we we actually, and obviously, grocery is one of the. It is the most underpenetrated e-commerce category. Um, and, um, you know, it, it, we are at an interesting inflection point when we ask ourselves how high is up here. The question that we invariably come back to is five years from now, will more consumers want to go spend four to five hours a week in the grocery store or are they going to be, uh, rather do it from convenience oriented channels like their mobile phone or smartwatch? And the answer we invariably always land at is, more consumers are not going to want to have four to five hours a week to walk down the grocery store aisles and, and find that that uh, that uh, can of soup. And that gets us to the fundamental truth that grocery penetration is going to be a lot larger five years from now than it is today. Then the question becomes, who's going to lead the charge and who's going to drive this, in, this industry forward? Um, and we believe the Instacart model offers a cost-efficient, time-efficient, quick, easy, and seamless way for the industry to transition to the, to the new age. But do you think it would ever exceed 6% um, of yeah, overall absolutely. retail sales? Absolutely. Uh, in terms of, of grocery sales, absolutely. We think uh, you know, 10% is conservative. Five years That's from really, really exciting. All right. Last question, and um, we only have 30 seconds for each one of you. What do you hope to accomplish in 2015? Yeah, well, th- thanks for asking, Nancy. I think uh, that's a great question. In 2014, Instacart went from two cities to 15. We added 60 formal retailer partners, and we added hundreds of thousands of consumers and hundreds of millions of, of retail sales to the platform. In, in 2015, you know, uh, if, if the pattern holds true, we want, I want us to be in many more markets serving every major metro area in North America I want us working with the best best in class retailers that we want to partner with the best in class grocers across the country and I want more and more consumers to know the Instacart brand and be able to recognize us as the single point of destination once when they want their groceries delivered in the same day. Awesome. Um well it looks like it's time to wrap up. It has been such a stimulating um, discussion for me. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us, Neelam. Thanks for having me, Nancy. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Pleasure talking with you too. Well, for those in the audience, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the discussion as much as I have. Please join me again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific time or download our podcast at iTunes or Stitcher. You can also tweet me your comment um, to me at BizReInvention. Thank you for your time and have a wonderful week. We hope that you've enjoyed Business Reinvention with Nancy Lin. Please join us for another edition of our groundbreaking program next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. In the meantime, follow Nancy on Twitter at BizReinvention to keep up on the innovation trends and information about our next show. Or go to BizReinvention.com for more business insights. That's B-I-Z-Reinvention.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.